0: Hi, I'm Ben Thompson, doctor of audiology. This is a podcast to help you with tinnitus, hearing loss, or hearing aid technology. Let's get ahead with today's episode. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Ben Thompson. Today, I am with Don Shum, who is head of audiology at Whisper. Don has decades of experience helping patients hear better and helping patients reduce and improve tinnitus. Don. We're going to start by talking about hearing people when there's background noise, whether this is a restaurant, a group gathering, just a dinner with a few friends or family. Why is it so important for us to hear people when there's background noise? And is this a big problem? And is this a common thing?
1: It definitely is a common thing. It stems back to the way the auditory system works. The The auditory system works, uh, Your your inner ear basically has to take a very complex set of sounds that are happening in the world around and create a very precise and intricate code that gets sent up to the brain that the brain can recognize and the problem is that they're um, in the presence of sensory neural hearing loss which is what most adults when they acquire hearing loss they acquire sensory neural hearing loss the problem with that is that the it it disrupts quite significantly the ability of the of the inner ear to create that code in a very precise manner. And so what ends up being sent up to the brain is a very imprecise representation of the sound that's out there. And so the brain has learned that it's it's used to getting a very well-coded signal, a very clear-coded signal, and then it can separate out the voice that you're interested in listening to from all the other voices. The problem is, is when it's getting a poorly coded signal coming up from the from from the inner ears, then it just can't do that job as easily. And it can still get done to some degree, but it takes a tremendous amount of effort and concentration for the person who's dealing with hearing loss to go through all that information and figure out what's what what's there and what's not there and 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 find the information. A lot of people, when they think of hearing loss, they think of it as the inability to hear certain sounds. And that's true. That's part of, uh, of what hearing loss is all about. But really, the way I like to talk about it, the way I like to think about it, is that most people who have hearing loss are dealing with the inability to make sense of the sound that are out that's out there. They they can hear it all, especially when you get into a noisy place and the levels are higher. It's it's no problem hearing a lot of sound. In fact, it feels like you hear a lot more sound than the person with normal hearing does. But really what with the with, with the problem is the ability to take all that sound and, and organize it in the way that a person with normal hearing is able to do relatively effortlessly. Like I said, in a lot of cases it can be done. It can be done to some degree, but it takes so much effort to be able to do that. And that's what, what when patients really talk about their hearing loss, they typically are talking about, effort and just the the fatigue of having to be in those situations, it becomes difficult. And the one thing we know is that when things get tough, you know, it's human nature to want to withdraw from it, if you can fix it, if you can deal with it, great. But if you can't, you know, you know, you you tend not to do things that are unpleasant, you know, that's just human nature. And if you can avoid doing unpleasant things, you will, you will draw from that. And eventually you just. Get into the habit of not using your hearing as much as you used to, or in the sort of situations that you used to, because it is, it is so difficult to be able to deal with all that sound and
0: organize it in a normal way. We're here with Don Shum, PhD audiologist on the Treble Health podcast. We're talking about speech understanding when there's background noise, the most common representation of hearing loss or hearing difficulties. And We've seen this, we've heard this, we know this is real. What are the solutions? What are ways to improve it? Well, sometimes that's technology. Sometimes that's more more natural approaches to communication. Don, you've joined a company called Whisper that I'm a big fan of that's trying to improve hearing in background noise with the technology piece of this. Mm -hmm. Is that possible? And how much better can we improve hearing without getting into the cochlea, the hearing organ, but instead working on the technology that processes the sound. What have you all seen so far with your research and having real patients used your hearing aids?
1: I'll get into that in a, in a second, but before I do, I, I do want to take a step back and echo something that you just said is that to deal with difficulties, understanding in different environments, technology is one solution, but it, it, Technology should be seen as part of a series of solutions. And and part of that is is how you manage the environments that you're in, not to avoid the environments, but to use good communication habits. Um, It can get down to having the people who talk to you on a regular basis, also to develop very good uh, communication habits uh, to be able to make sure that they're doing everything that can help uh, you out. Uh, but when it gets down to what can hearing aid technology do, that's a problem that has been facing the hearing aid industry for as long as the hearing aid industry has been around basically. There are two basic things that hearing aids need to do. One is to make sounds louder. Uh, when you when you have a hearing loss, you do you do miss some sounds. you know that is part of having a hearing loss. But making sounds loud enough to hear is pretty straightforward to do in a hearing aid. Uh, you want to do it in a way that the sound quality is very good, but that's something that, that the hearing aid industry has figured out a long time ago. And, and as the bandwidth of loudspeakers gets better and, and as the quality of the audio processing gets better, the sound quality that we can provide gets better and better all the time. But just getting things hot, loud enough to hear is, is a, pretty, a pretty straightforward problem to solve. The second thing that a hearing aid needs to do is to try to somehow deal with the noise that's in the environment. Because like I said earlier, the ear because of the damage that the ear has gone through, it can't do that job of taking that intricate amount of sound input and really creating a very well-represented version of that sound to send to the brain. And so we have to have the hearing aids do that ahead of time. Before that sound goes into the inner ear and gets corrupted by whatever's going on in the inner ear, we try to pre-correct it by doing what we can to the signal. And one of the best things that you can do, uh, no matter what type of hearing aid technology you have, is to, you know, decrease the amount of noise in the signal and or increase the amount of of what you want to listen to in the signal. So increase what we call the signal-to-noise ratio. And the better you can do that, the better the ear can then send information up to the brain that the brain can use. That has been something that has been known for decades. It's been a challenge that's been around for decades. A lot of different technologies have gone after it. Uh, probably the most effective technologies that exist in hearing aids today and have existed in hearing aids for at least the last you know 15 years or so has been automatic directionality. And that's where hearing aids automatically will change their, their sensitivity pattern to emphasize sounds coming from in front of the person. And so that works in concert with the person, like I said earlier, doing the right things to make sure you're organizing your situation properly. If you're trying to talk to somebody in a noisy environment, make sure they're in front of you, make sure they're not too far away. If you can kind of point get the sound behind your back the the competing sound that always helps out in a a situation like that so directional technologies are in basically any hearing aid you can get these days the sophistication of the solution gets gets more and more advanced as you go up and towards the premium hearing aid level but that's something that's been around a second thing that's been around in hearing aids for a long period of time is something called noise reduction and noise reduction is exactly what it sounds like. It is that idea of being able to take a mixture of speech that you want to hear and other background noise, especially if it's other people talking, and somehow separate those two from each other. That has been a very difficult situation to solve. And the reason is is that by the time that signal gets into the hearing aid, it's already been mixed together. Directionality may do some to help out, but but directionality is not enough. And so, so you still need to take that next signal and somehow find out what's good about it and what's not good in it. And a lot of techniques have been used in the past with some success, but not a tremendous amount of success, because it's been very difficult to apply any sort of specific filtering to make part of the signal go away and keep the other parts of the signal one of the challenges is that the speech signal there's information in the speech signal across the full bandwidth of a hearing aid so from low pitch end to the high pitch end there is information that's in the speech signal so you can't take part of this of the bandwidth out taking information along with it and so traditionally you try to take down the response in the areas that seem to be more dominated by noise uh, to try to in- decrease the overall amount of noise in in this in the hair gate, but it doesn't really get at the root of the problem. What we're doing at Whisper is, is something different, because one of the things that we were very concerned about with Whisper is to be able to use, have enough processing power to really use some advanced artificial intelligence-based signal processing ideas to try to do that separation. And the thing about most advanced computer systems is the bigger the computer you have, the, the more effective you can do the, the solution. And what had been going on is that even, even as the, the rest of the hearing industry has started to get into the area of using AI as part of the hearing aid, they have still locked themselves into using just what's in the hearing aid itself or sometimes sending the situ- the information up to the cloud and waiting for information to come back from the cloud. At Whisper we took a very dramatic step, a very, you know, I can't believe they did this sort of step, which is to say we just need more processing power to be able to do this in real time. And so what we created at Whisper is a third item called the Whisper brain, which is a very significant powerful signal processor. That the, that the patient carries with them in their pocket or in a purse when they're in more challenging environments. And that allows us to do some very advanced, very powerful AI-based sound separation because we have the sort of computing power available to do that. And what we really try to get after by using an AI-based approach is we're using a, a very specialized part of the world of AI called machine learning. And in machine learning, what has happened is we've put our system through thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of training in our facility in San Francisco in order to teach our system what, at a very precise level, what constitutes good, clean speech versus what constitutes other sounds other than good, clean speech. And it has learned that those patterns. It's basically a pattern identification process. And so it knows what good speech looks like, and it knows what other noises look like. And so as that sound, as the, the sounds are passing through the hearing aid in real time, in very precise time increments and in very precise frequency or pitch increments, we can identify whether or not this particular sound is something that we know is good speech and we want to protect it, or if it's something that looks like something else and we want to reduce it to some degree. And it's it's only possible because of the amount of computing power that we have dedicated to the process of doing that sort of separation. The other big feature about our solution then is that not only do we train it once when we created the product, but we constantly are going through the process of retraining and retraining and retraining the solution, as we find more and more precise ways to do a better job of separating our speech from other sounds in the environment. And as we've been doing that, um, we then provide upgrades to the patient. So our first product went into the marketplace in October of 2020, so a little over a year ago. And since that time, we've done four major upgrades to the signal processing and the hearing aids and we send those out to um to the patient's system and so basically patients who would have bought hearing aids back in october of 2020 if they bought another high-end hearing aid they have exactly the same hearing aid now that they had 15 months ago which is probably a very good hearing aid when they bought it but it's going to be that hearing aid for as long as they own the hearing aid If somebody had bought a Whisper product back in that time period, they are now on their fifth generation of that product. And most of the updates that we do are related to how much improvements in our ability to to apply this, what we call the sound separation engine, to try to do that job of separating speech out from background noise.
0: And how effective has it been so far with your testing with many patients now many individuals using the devices how do you determine success with your testing and where do you think it can go from here how good can the software actually get
1: that's a good question if you if if you ask our machine learning experts they have an idea in their mind about how good it can get what we have been doing because it's a a bit of a moving target and because if you do actual testing with patients that process takes a while to run a clinical trial like that. So because we're going through some rapid development cycles right now, we have been um, we have been looking much more at technical measures of signal to noise ratio improvement. So there are testing routines that you can do in the laboratory to take a, a speech plus noise input signal, put it through a hearing aid, and then take a look at the output to see how much, the signal-to-noise ratio has been improved. Um, it they relate they they're very well coordinated with what patient performance should be, but they're not necessarily with patients at this point in time. Um, and what we've been seeing is we've increased the efficiency or the effectiveness of of being able to um, remove noise by about since we first released the product to the marketplace. I believe we've seen about a six-fold increase in the ability to reduce uh, speech and noise. So compared to what we did when we first came out back in October of 2020, we've been able to increase the signal-to-noise ratio improvement by a little over three dB, which in the hearing aid world is a pretty big improvement, but on top of what a good modern premier product hearing aid should be doing at that point in time. So that that's evidence more, I mean, it's evidence of that the hearing aid is doing something really well, but it is also uh, evidence to to show that this idea that within a little over a year, we've been able to continue to show per product performance improvements because of the upgrade system that we've been doing. So uh, we've been pretty uh, pretty happy with the progress that our, our technical staff has been making in, making improvements we benchmark against other high-end products in the marketplace either products that you can get from a private practice office that you can go to or products that you can get via um, a a web web web-based system you know there are some products that are going direct to consumers these days and what i don't want to get into the numbers because that gets a little bit you know it gets a little bit Dicey to start, you know, comparing to other people. But we know that we're outperforming those other solutions at this point in time, clearly, because of the sort of signal processing that we uh, that we're doing. This AI-based signal processing.
0: Well, I personally want people to hear better in all situations, and when eight out of ten people are describing background noise, places, group situations as their main problem then if your solution, if Whisper can provide even marginal benefit and hopefully much more, then it's worth considering for anyone who that is their main problem. And as we're wrapping up here on the Tribal Health Podcast with Don Shum, PhD, Head of Audiology at Whisper, I wanted to again stress that the best way to treat hearing loss and to manage hearing loss is with a combination of technology and natural communication strategies. Mm-hmm. Don, would you like to have any final words here for our audience, and then also what we can expect of Whispers' growth, and where where someone who may be listening, who might be interested in trying them, should head to learn more?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think the the best message I can I can send out uh, is that if you haven't entered the the world of hearing aids but you suspect you have a hearing loss. First of all, you probably do have a hearing loss. You know, it's 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 not the sort of thing that you suspect it's a hearing loss and it really turned out not to be a hearing loss. That happens, but not too often. So if you think that you're having trouble, you probably are having trouble. And we realize that for a lot of people, the idea of taking the step forward to do something about it is, is not always an easy step. It's It's is a new thing that's going to be part of your life, and it takes it takes a while for a lot of people to get their get their get themselves ready to take that step. But you should take that step because we know how important it is. And so whether whether you 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 end up with a whisper product or any other good product that you can get in the marketplace, just getting something is, is an extremely important step. It it is a it is a brave step. You know, like I said, it's it's not easy to say now. From now on, I'm gonna be a hearing aid user and that's gonna be a new part of my life. It's it's something that in my experience, talking to patients over more than 30 years in in the field, it's rare for someone to say, who gets hearing aids and, and starts using them consistently, it's rare for them to say, that was a bad choice on my part. It's far more common to say, That was the smartest thing I did in a long time. And I'm sorry that I waited so long to do something about it. So the best message I could tell you is do something about it. We have some great, great solution at Whisper. And you can find us on the, on the web at whisper.ai. And we would love to to be able to have you become a Whisper user. But more importantly, what I want to do as an audiologist is make sure that you, you do have that, that Courage to take that step to do something constructive about your hearing loss because we know you're frustrated. We know it's it's not fun to live the, that. We know that the other people in your life probably are not having a good time because you have a hearing loss. Uh, you know that you know that the, the that that frustration and that stress uh, goes beyond just you. It also becomes comes on on family members in a big way and. And every hearing aid that you can get these days, you you can get with the, with, uh, with the, on a trial, you know, and the trials vary depending on where you go and where you get it, but definitely you're gonna have enough time to know if this is gonna be the right solution for you. And most patients who get products on a trial basis end up keeping the products because they realize what they've been missing. And uh, just give yourself an opportunity to find out what
0: you've been missing. That would be my the best message I can give you. Excellent, thank you so much. I'm here with Don Shum. My name is Dr. Ben Thompson, your host with the Treble Health Podcast. Don, we'll see you in the future sometime, I'm sure, and have a nice one. Goodbye, everyone. All right, thank you, Ben. Take care. Hey, real quick, before you finish listening to this podcast, this is Dr. Ben Thompson speaking. I wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It means the world to me. I ask you for a quick favor. If you have two minutes, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and leave a comment, I read every comment and it means the world to me. If you're engaging and returning some love, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much and I'll see you again for the next episode. Bye.